I'm Nick Bhatia, and today we have my friend Raj Wadwani. Raj is a bankruptcy attorney here in Los Angeles. Raj, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure to be on your show. Raj, you and I uh, go back a long way, but uh, a couple weeks ago, you popped up on my Twitter feed, and I saw a video of you talking about your bankruptcy practice, um, and I said, oh, we have to connect over this. We've spoken uh, th earlier this year uh, off the record on just what's going on with your practice, but I wanted to get you on here, talk to the viewers. You, you said that this is the busiest you've ever been. So we want to hear your take on the economy. Uh, but first, talk to us about what you do, your background in bankruptcy law, and what you've seen throughout your career in bankruptcy. Sure. So uh, I've been a bankruptcy attorney for just under 26 years. Uh, during law school, I externed for a bankruptcy judge, uh, and then I was also offered a judicial clerkship, which I turned down because I went and worked for a creditor and trustee firm. Was there for a short stint because I hated it, uh, and then I joined the largest consumer bankruptcy firm in California. And then eight years later, I was partner, but then I left and opened up my own firm and joined my current business partner a few years later. Um, we specialize in consumer and small business bankruptcy. Uh, as I mentioned, this is the busiest time that we've had in a long, long time. Uh, the only other busier time that I can ever think of is in 2005, when the bankruptcy laws were getting completely overhauled. Uh, everyone and their uncles seemed to be filing a bankruptcy at that point. And, uh, you know, we had double book calendars and stuff like that. And this is the first time since then I'm really experiencing that. And, uh, it's kind of a sign of the times. The Bitcoin layer is proud to be sponsored by River. Go check them out today at river.com slash TBL. Why do we love River? River is a Bitcoin only exchange. They offer lightning network deposits and withdrawals. And most importantly, guys, they do not outsource custody of their Bitcoin and customers Bitcoin to a third party custodian. River has its own multi-sig custody solution. That means that it is not using some other company to store Bitcoin that is purchased within their platform. So make sure you go check them out, river.com slash TBL and learn about River today. So you mentioned that in 2005, we had an overhaul in, in the bankruptcy laws. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what happened back then uh, to give us a sense of what was uh, different from before 2005? Yeah, so before 2005, um, you simply had to protect your assets and show the court that you're spending what you're making in order to qualify for bankruptcy. In 2005, October 2005, we had, uh, I think we had Republican presidential control and uh, Congress control. So the laws got overhauled where they required a means testing. Uh, now, what that is, is you have to compare your median income your income with the median income of the same household size. If your income is above the median, then there's a presumption you don't qualify and you have to go through the special means testing. Are you overspending? Are you paying more for housing than the averages? Are you paying more for your vehicles? If you are, then you don't pass and you can't file a bankruptcy case. If you're below the mean median income, uh, then there's a presumption that you do qualify for bankruptcy. 
They also added in a pre-bankruptcy credit counseling course that was required and a post-bankruptcy debtor education course that was required. And really nothing has changed since then. Those laws pretty much are still in effect. Okay. Now bring us back to today. You said that it's the busiest you've been since that change in the law. So essentially what you're saying is based on the economic cycle in your judgment, it's the busiest you've ever been because of where we are in the economy. So would you say that's fair and talk to us about what's going on today with your clients? I definitely think that's fair uh, and that's accurate. Uh, what's going on today is not only are your lower economic class individuals filing, you know, the, the same people that were getting a lot of government benefits. And of course, those government benefits ran dry, COVID benefits. Um, and none of that money was saved. It was all spent. And now that money's run dry and they've had to incur debt to continue living their same lifestyle. What's remarkable for us is that we're seeing a lot of other classes also coming in uh, and being debt ridden. So a lot of, you know, lower middle, middle class people that are well above the median income in California are just bombarded with these loans. And I, I, it's just something that I've never seen before. We're also seeing a lot more businesses coming to us that are being forced to shut down. And personally, I think it's still the after effects of all the COVID closures. Um, and we're actually, that's hitting the fan right now. Okay, so let's separate small business and consumers. I wanna talk about both of them. Those are your two uh, client sets, you said. So let's start with consumers themselves. You say that they their savings have run dry, they have large amounts of debt, so they, and they have large uh, loans. So talk to us more specifically about the type of debt. Is it credit card debt, auto debt, uh, other sort of loans, home equity loans, mortgages? What? Are, where are the consumers falling into trouble? And if you could give us even any uh, socioeconomic breakdown there, we're talking about a medium inc a median income of you know, 75,000 per family or 200,000 per family, or if you can guide us there as well. Sure. It's all of the above. Um, people deferred their mortgages for a long time during COVID, and now those mortgage loans have come due. So that results in Chapter 13 filings for consumers that fell behind in their mortgages. And then you've got other people that the cost of housing has gone up, the cost of everything has gone up, inflation, yet the cost of borrowing has gone up significantly as well. So because everything has happened at the same time, a lot of people are forced to incur debt. A lot of what we're seeing is not just your standard credit card debt, which we used to see a lot before. We're now seeing a lot more of these personal loans, these unsecured consolidation loans, personal loans. Uh, a lot of these companies out there are soliciting people to consolidate their debt or just borrow the money, and these are high interest rates. So the payments are relatively high because even with people that uh, have pretty significant income because most of their surplus is going towards paying their minimum payments or their loan payments. There's really no money left over. So it's a cycle that's getting worse and worse uh, for them. So because most of their money is going towards their payments, they're almost forced to incur more debt just to put food on the table. Now, there are two things I want to unpack there. First, the inflation that's causing some of this hardship, but also these personal loans. So let's start with personal loans. 
Now, this might not be something that you're able to answer explicitly, but something that we think about on the fixed income side of the market, where are these loans housed? So when bankruptcy is declared on the consumer side, who is the lender? Is it banks? Is it uh, non-bank lending? Do you know if they're securitized? Is it lending tree type of uh, uh, P2P lending platforms? Where is that debt and who really suffers to lose here if these consumers are defaulting on these loans? Yeah, it's not banks. It's really your lending tree, upstart, loan me, those types of companies. And um, I think that for every one individual that doesn't pay, there's a hundred more that are paying. So I think they're doing pretty well. But um, yeah, these are all, for the most part, unsecured loans. Um, now, there is a caveat. These loans are supposed to be used for consolidation purposes. So they're Consolidation loans are supposed to use them for consolidation, and that's generally what we find that consumers do. Okay, so talk to us about inflation then. Uh, we all know cost of living has ratcheted up in a significant way over the last three years in the U.S. People are dealing with this. So when you have clients coming to you and saying, I need to declare bankruptcy, are some of them or many of them saying the number one reason is my cost of living I just can't keep up with these increases, or is it more a combination of that plus the just the interest burden from uh, higher interest rates? Maybe if some of them are floating uh, floating rate loans. Yeah, I, I'd say it's a combination. Um, they're already operating or living at very very tight margins. Something happens if they become unemployed for a couple of months, it just creates this vicious cycle for them. So uh, I think it's a combination. Again, cost of everything has gone up. Your automobile payment, you used to get um, advertisements for $300 a month leases. Those are pretty much gone. You, you really don't see those anymore. People are that are buying vehicles, financing vehicles because they got to get to and from work. They're paying more. Gas prices have gone up. Rent prices have increased so significantly. And there may have been people that got rent um relief during COVID, now they've got to start paying rent again and rents have gone up. Uh, we're seeing some of that as well. Do you deal with anything in the student loan arena? Because we know that uh, student loans and there's a bankruptcy protection or, uh, you know, the student loans are protected from some of the bankruptcy clauses there. So can you educate our audience about student loans and how you see that impacting things in the bankruptcy realm? In general, student loans are not dischargeable in bankruptcy. Okay. Now, there was uh, guidance released about a year ago, or just under a year ago, where they've kind of streamlined the process to make it a little bit easier to discharge student loans if you fall within one of the categories. Now, a lot of people don't fall within those categories. You have to be disabled, over 65, um, been in repayment status for 10 years, uh, unemployed for five out of the 10 years. Now, those are just presumptions that you can't afford to pay the student loans. You still got to show that your budget is tight enough that you can't pay them. And then what they require now is an adversary proceeding, a lawsuit in the bankruptcy case, in the bankruptcy court uh, against the Department of Education to determine that. So the streamlined process is that once you file that lawsuit, uh, you file a particular form, and that form goes to the assistant U.S. trustee's office, and then they look at it and they kind of give you their opinion. Um, and it basically, it is technically a streamlined process, but still 
a vast majority of people don't qualify for that. Today's video is sponsored by Foundation Devices. Use promo code BitcoinLayer to pick up your passport today. Now go check out this device. The passport is a great way to get your Bitcoin off of exchanges. We all know the risks out there with keeping your coins on a third party custodian. Get them into your own custody today with a passport and use Bitcoin layer as your promo code for $10 off. So if the vast majority of people don't qualify for that, how does that affect your client? Is your client coming in and saying, I have to declare bankruptcy on my other debt because the student loan, I can't shake it. And I, 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 I have to pay that back. Yeah. A lot of people that owe unsecured debt also are student loans or vice versa. A lot of people that have student loans have other unsecured debt. So when we file their case, we're essentially eliminating their unsecured debt. Now, what's sad for me is I, I get to hear people call almost on a daily basis that have significant student loans. Uh, they're making decent money, but there's no way they're going to be able to pay that off, even even within the standard period of time, um, within the repayment period. So they're kind of stuck. And we all know that there's an epidemic right now, but um, it's uh, it, there's really nothing we can do for them. We have to turn them away. Yeah, it is um, very unfortunate to hear. And I, even though you can't help them, as a practice, Raj, maybe we can just talk about that for a second. What is the lasting impact of this where people can't afford, they'll never be able to afford their student loans is what you're telling us based off of their income projections for the next few decades versus their debt service on the, on the, on the student loan side. What are, are we just looking at a segment of the population that's completely stuck? And maybe if you could answer, we, we know that there are these uh, certain claw, uh, income clawbacks that the government can do in these student loans. Is that something that you witness? And can you explain that to us as well? Absolutely. That's, that's pretty much where I turn them to. Um, income contingent repayment plans, ICRs. And those are really their only avenue for the most part short of filing a bankruptcy and restructuring and then still owing the debt. I generally don't recommend that a reorganization type of case unless something's gotten really bad or they're dealing with private loans because income contingent repayment plans really only apply to federal student loans. So the other thing is with private loans, we have been able to settle some for our clients if they have access to lump sum, borrowing from family or what have you. So we've been able to generally get about a 50% settlement on some a lot of private loans. But with federal loans, which is a mass, vast majority of the loans, income contingent repayment plans are pretty much the best option. And it's based on the national standards. There's forms. The government has made it easy for people to do it. And they have to recertify every year, resubmit their financials every year. And then whatever their disposable income is, is what they pay. And oftentimes, if they're struggling, it's significantly less than what they would be paying. Sometimes it's even zero. That payment is zero. So the sooner they start, the better, you know, the faster they get within that window. And if they do it for 10 years, they become debt free. Okay. The last question on consumers, Raj, before we switch over to small business, and this is a segue itself, is on the employment side. So you have an interesting purview. I'm sure that some of your clients are coming to you to declare bankruptcy because they're out of a job and have been out of a job. So talk to us about unemployment and 
what you're seeing from your clients right now, are you seeing a, a spike in unemployment related cases? And how does that compare to the rest of your career? Yeah, uh, actually, I haven't seen a spike in unemployment related cases. You know, a lot of our clients are working. They're just not making enough to cover all their liabilities and all their living expenses. Now, of course, there are some, you know, where we're, we're representing a couple, one of the couple became unemployed for a certain period of time or is still currently unemployed. But I'd say a vast majority of our clients are employed. They're just not able to meet their uh, liabilities. Okay, so small business now. Uh, you, you have small business clients as well. You're, you're fielding calls. They're declaring bankruptcy. They want to explore bankruptcy options. And for us, small, gives, small business gives us a great beat on the economy. So what are you seeing from small business? Just summarize it for us. What we're seeing is more and more small businesses are being forced to shut down. Um, I, I've seen every different industry, including services industries like dentists and chiropractors and what have you. Um, we're just seeing so many more small businesses in trouble. And, you know, again, a lot of them may have gotten relief or gotten some EIDL loans or other SBA loans uh, during COVID because they were forced to pretty much shut down and still had expenses to incur, their, their rent expenses and what have you. So now, again, a lot of those loans have become due and they're really not operating enough of a profit or even a profit to be able to meet those expenses. So a lot of, a lot of small businesses are being shut down. And is the nominal level of interest rates a main driver, a small driver, or is it just overall indebtedness and profitability. I'm basically curious as to the lending profile of your your borrowers. Are they having their interest payments ratchet up as the Fed hikes? Are they on floating rate arrangements or is it independent of that sort of uh, environment? Yeah. Now, the interest rates are definitely going up. Their payments are going up. Um, and we're also seeing people that... Uh, sign up for mortgage loans uh, that are variable rates and those payments have gone up but yeah from from a overall standpoint payments have gone up because rates have gone up so your your clients are struggling with uh, payments what about their customers what are they saying they're saying are they saying our customers are okay but just the expenses are overwhelming us or actually our business is down and this is the main driver a lot of businesses are down. A lot, a lot of volume is down. Um, I've actually filed so many cases in the near past for trucking companies, and it's because there's not enough business. And uh, and again, we're seeing that all over the place. What other industries are, are seeing lower volumes, trucking being one? A lot of consumer goods. A lot, a lot you know, again, um, it's tough to compete with Amazon and, you know, the, the big companies out there. So a lot of Mom and pop shops, um, consumer goods, they're being forced to shut down as well. And Raj, you said that a lot of this you feel is a hangover from the COVID slowdown, that there was a lot of extension of life of businesses that might not have lasted. How much do you feel like this is a hangover from the Amazons or even the internet itself? Because that's something that we think about a lot at the Bitcoin layer, that the... Internet has changed so many industries, but 
as the internet has changed these industries, the effects are felt decades and decades after, for example, the current writers and actors strike that is maybe on its way to resolution is based in the streaming dynamic itself, which is a legacy of the internet and internet companies like, uh, you know, Netflix rising up. So how much of this is maybe even 20 to 30 year cycle bankruptcies, the businesses that are finally going under for these technology related reasons? Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a part of it. Um, COVID combined with the technology um, industries today, you know, having avenues to, you know, we all get deliveries every single day from Amazon. You know, I get multiple sh shipments and boxes between my wife, my two boys. Um, and it's just the way things are operating now. It's just so easy uh, rather than running out and trying to find stuff. So a lot of small businesses have been affected by that significantly. And Raj, now, uh, if you could just summarize for us uh, one more time, combining what you've explained to us about consumers and what they're seeing, small businesses and what they're seeing, for your own personal prediction on the U.S. economy and recession. And it doesn't even have to be we're in a recession versus not, but just general. Describe the economy today and going forward for the next year from your seat as a bankruptcy attorney. How do you feel now versus the last 20 years of U.S. economic activity? Yeah. So what we're seeing now, again, uh, just from our standpoint, I, I don't know that we're in a recession um, because the stock market is still relatively strong and, you know, uh, other things are still relatively strong, but uh, things are bad from the consumer standpoint. And I think those are the people, and again, these small businesses that are hit the hardest with some of these decisions that the government has made um, with increased interest rates, uh, et cetera. And I just don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Uh, the types of calls we're getting, we haven't seen for a long, long time. I just don't get clients that are making $150,000, $180,000 calling me and saying, I'm in big financial trouble. And by the way, the median income numbers have gone up significantly. The Census Bureau, they, they adjusted them recently, went up significantly. And even then, we've got people still above the median that are having a difficult time paying their obligations. Um, and, uh, and again, I, I think that it's going to continue to get worse until it gets better. Raj Wadwani, thank you so much for joining us today at the Bitcoin Layer and sharing your expertise in the bankruptcy realm Please give our audience uh, where they can find you and your services if they need help in California with bankruptcy. Sure. We operate in the entire state of California. We have offices local to Southern California, but I handle cases throughout the entire state. Our main office is in Sherman Oaks. We have a downtown LA office, Ontario, Palmdale, Lancaster, Long Beach. So we're, we cover the entire state of California, but physically we're in Southern California. Uh, our website is wslaw.com. Um, our my TikTok feed is LA Bankruptcy Attorney, and uh, just Google Raj Wadwani or WS Law, and you'll be able to find us. Great, and we'll definitely include your information in the show notes. Raj, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, to the audience, thank you guys for joining us again today at the Bitcoin Layer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The Bitcoin Layer is sponsored by River. Go check them out today. River.com/tbl for a Bitcoin only exchange and a great experience. River 
offers a DCA feature where you can stack sats without any fees. They offer Lightning Network withdrawals. So get your Bitcoin off of the exchange using Lightning Network instantly. And also the most important thing about River, guys, they do not use a third-party custodian. They have a multi-sig storage solution so that your Bitcoin, once you purchase your Bitcoin using River, is not stored using a third-party custodian. River has control of that Bitcoin using a multi-signature solution. And what's more, they suggest you get your Bitcoin off of the exchange and into your own pockets. So go check out River today.